are listening to The Breakfast Show, where we don't serve you pancakes, but we do love to talk about the scriptures. Amen. <clears throat> the real bread of life. Amen. Well, can you hit us with a quiz clue? <laughs> I can't while you're trying to swallow your breakfast over there and sound like you don't have any mouth, food in your mouth, but you actually have a whole bunch there. It smells delicious, by the way. You're making me like Thank you. really hungry. Okay, what am I? Paul says that your conversation should be seasoned with this. 0491-064-669. Give us a text or call if you can tell us the answer. You can be in the prize draw on Friday to win our double set. Uh, it is a book, um, 13 Weeks to Joy, and a DVD, Seven Deadly Relationship Sins, both by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer, a wonderful Adventist counsellor. Uh, Paul says your conversation should be sprinkled with what? Hmm. All right. We have a whole bunch of text messages, so I am going to do my best because this is a part of the show where we get to read these awesome text messages. The first one is coming from Braden. It says, yes, we'll definitely pray for Lawson. I know very well the stresses of balancing study and job. Uh, As for pastors that are younger than me, I think I have hit the age where I will see more and more pastors younger than me. I think Pastor Harley was my first, and I really enjoyed his enthusiasm and sermons. Oh, shout out to uh, Southwell boy. Yeah, yeah, Harley. uh, Who's a man now. Yeah, (laughs) he's uh, a father now. It's crazy. Isn't it just blow your mind? With one of the biggest babies I've seen in recent memory. Baby Montgomery. He's a monster. You know, do you know? It makes me feel so old, Braden, because I used to teach Harley in Sabbath school class. I was his Sabbath school teacher, and now he now he's, now he's your Sabbath school teacher. Yeah, now he's my pastor, <laughs> kind of a thing. <laughs> that is that is wild. Yeah, that yeah, is no, wild. for sure. That's that's part of growing up. I I went on this uh, trip to Finland, and there was some kids there. Well, they weren't kids; they were uh, legal adults mm-hmm. that I remember being like six, seven years old, mm-hmm. and I was like. Uh, who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, well, what what happened to the small child that I <laughs> yeah. remember many, many moons ago? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, it happens for sure. Uh, got another text here coming from Braden. Happy birthday, Mon, for the end of the week. Hope you Thanks. have an amazing day full of blessings. Yeah, I don't understand the dread of getting older. It is one year closer to God coming amen. back. And one year where we can look back and learn from. Amen. Yeah, amen. I love it. I don't ever want to get younger. <laughs> I don't know if you can. <laughs> no, I, I, did you miss at the beginning of the show? I was like, I don't have any problems with getting older. I know, I know right. some women are like, no, I want to be nineteen forever. I'm like, stuff that. Right. I want to get older. Yeah, right. I okay. Love being an That's adult. fair enough. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to be a nineteen year old girl, so <laughs> that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, <laughs> we got another text message here: the Michelin Man inflatable pantaloons. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing was though, it's just the pants. <laughs> So it's just like the bottom half. It's like half of the Michelin Man. It is true. I, I kind of thought. I, I think the jacket would be more. You either one or either one would yeah. be good. I would want to. I'm sure I they're going to do the one inflate into a marshmallow if I fell off a motorcycle. Well, they're a fledgling company, so I'm pretty sure they're going to work on the jacket next. Yeah. Jackets are coming up next. Den, denim jacket. Uh huh. Oh, super cool. <laughs> uh, we got another one. Safety gear. That is good news. Story. A long way to go, but at least it's a start. Exactly what we're talking about. Now the other one. Another text here, uh, this is from Raphael. Companies sharing their profits with their staff. Will the other major companies follow suit? Oh. It would be nice, but it seems that the power of greed is too powerful. That's right. Indeed. Greed is a really strong pull on humans, human hearts. So we've got a couple people who've texted in, and I just want to look at you and just, 
can't, I can't even say it out loud. Let me just turn this around. I just around. want to warn you. It's not that, right? Oh, yes, it is that. It is it that. It is that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was something else. Yeah, yeah. No, these people have gotten that quiz correct. So that, okay. So, Brayden, Rafael, you got that answer correct. Good on you. Good on you, guys. Okay. It's a hard one today. Here's another, uh, here's another text. Uh, kidnapping scam in Uganda. These guys are totally heartless. Well done to the pastor who saved the 40 children from a horrific life. Absolutely. Mm, Good yeah. on you. That's, that's sheep dog pastoring right mm-hmm, there for mm-hmm. sure. I can only imagine the parents of the children, how they must have felt. How would you feel? Oh, I don't even want to process mm-hmm. that. That would mm-hmm. just be awful. But praise God uh, with some prayer hands and some smiley and some hearts as well too. Now, <laughs> Wayne, he texts in, he says, yeah, baby, you have to give me this one. I was reading 1 Samuel last night, how Saul, but I can't read the rest of it because then it's going to give away the answer. Can I read the text over your message yeah. over your shoulder? But, but I, don't know, I don't know if it's the right answer. I don't think it's the right answer. It's not the right answer. That's what I thought as yeah, well, too. Yeah, it's not the right answer. So, so that, that was... so. But Julia got the answer correct. So uh, who was it that texts about Saul? Wayne. So Wayne, that was that was about Saul, but in um in this in the quiz clue, it was about uh, God giving kingship of Israel to David. Uh-huh. So not Saul, it was about David. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Close, very close. Uh, text here: uh, Sunday worship service in Indonesia stopped by government official. People don't realize how much Christian persecution is actually happening mm-hmm. there. Uh, let's not forget that in the world, over 360 million Christians are persecuted in 50 countries around the world. According to the World Watch and Voice of the Martyrs. By the way, I've heard Voice of the Martyrs for some time on the program. Uh, so it's, it's... It's actually really true. I was just talking about this with someone else recently, and they were saying how, oh, Jesus can't possibly be coming soon because there's no persecution happening. I'm like, are you kidding me? Just because we're here in you know cushy Australia doesn't mean that the rest of the world isn't being persecuted left, so, right, and center. So true. We're so, we're so shielded from it. Like we don't, it's like, we I think there's more slaves on earth as yeah, well, too, than there ever, has, ever been. has been. Yeah, and yeah, so like, now we're like... People, we just don't understand because mm-hmm. we are very insulated in the West, yeah. uh, for sure. Or I don't know the Southwest in Australia. <laughs> it's just like very Australia's its own kettle of fish. Yeah, like it's like the rest of the world's doing its thing, and then like, oh yeah, mate, we're down and down, down and down. Yeah, and yeah. So <laughs> and we like different. it that way. Thank I, you. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I live here. Actually, yeah, I, I think yeah. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but like I believe that Australia is like a little place of refuge uh, for the for the end of time, and I believe wholeheartedly that God has kind of created this space uh, for his people as a, as a place that uh, will be uh, a safe, a safe er place than mm-hmm. many other places uh, right before he returns. Well, but we, we also know mm-hmm. no matter where you live, persecution will come. It's going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. it may come a little bit later here in Australia, but it, it definitely will come. happen yeah. at some point. Yeah. Freco, you got the answer right. Karen, you got the answer right. Good work. Uh, Paul texts in, I agree wholeheartedly. People have the right to choose whatever religious path they're on. Sometimes over time, our choice of religion changes, which in turn can often lead to a better understanding of faith, culture, tolerance, and understanding of each other's journey to come to know God. I'm so glad that I have the ability to choose because I didn't believe in God until I was in my 20s, and now that I do believe in God, I'm I'm so thankful that I didn't stick with what I mm. didn't believe mm-hmm. uh, wholeheartedly when I was younger. So, yeah. and the evidence of the Bible, uh, prophecy series, uh, really the love of the community 
the, the and the food <laughs> it all brought me in. <laughs> yep. And then I was like, ah, Amen. I think I'll stick around. And mm-hmm. then then I started to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and that was a personal one for myself. Janelle, you got the answer right. Suzanne, good work. Answer right. Wayne, he's sad. I think he got Aww, the Wayne. I think he got the sad. Don't be sad. Yeah, don't be sad, Wayne. We we still care about you deeply. Brayden, uh, you must have been a young Sabbath school teacher, Mon, if you were teaching uh, Harley. Well, no. <laughs> Harley is Harley is eleven years younger than me. So it's, it's a well and truly big enough gap. Is so, he really? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's too nerdy to be that young. Like, no, he hundred percent. Harley is like. He knows so much about so many things. Yeah, his, his brain's like a sponge. You just and he loves knowledge. He's one of those um, naturally academic kids. He's like the kid yes, that doesn't is. need to study and can still get straight A's. And I, I don't say nerdy in a bad it. way. I say nerdy oh, in no, a, he loves I'm an impressed it. way. He loves being a geek. He's like geek chic down to a fine art. But yeah, but Shell, <laughs> DJ geek chic. DJ producer Shell is actually Harley's mum. Yeah, and they're and sh- they're 22 years apart, and I'm smack bang in the middle of both of them. So I'm 11 years younger than Shell and 11 years older than. Harley. Harley, so yeah. Wow, that's how I remember how old they are. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd never remember their birthdays. <laughs> oh wow, okay, no, that's really cool. Look, uh, Bruce and Liz, you got the answer correct as well too. So good job texting that in. Now I want to say we're about to do our twenty million movement Bible study. Let's do it. Okay, the lesson here uh, is talking about the ultimate original sin. Now we've been talking about covetousness. Ooh. And how this could possibly be the ultimate original sin because it's out of covetousness mm-hmm. that all these other sins literally stem. And it's an interesting thought. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So, Mont, do you think you can read for us uh, Isaiah chapter 14? Verses 12 to 14. And we're kind of want to look at how the ultimate original sin, is it possible that it's covetousness? It's such an insidious sin as well. Because it's so behind the scenes. Right, exactly. It's, so it's a closed pervasive. door kind of sin. It kind of creeps in like a mm-hmm. like a shadow on a on a stormy day. Yeah. Just where does it start? Where does and it end? And you can be committing that your whole life and never be... You know, no one would ever know kind of a thing. Mm, Absolutely. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. You know... There's a lot of pride in there. So much pride. But I do see the jealousy. Because mm-hmm. he wants to be like who? God. 100%. Mm-hmm. So Lucifer, who we know to be Satan, the deceiver, the enemy, the dragon, the serpent of old, he looks at God and goes, hey, all of the glory, the honor, the praise, the worship that you get, I want it as well too. Right? Which is so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. When the created... Wants to be worshipped like the creator. Now, there's a book called uh, Patriarchs and Prophets here. And it 
it's a great quote from this book that I just really want to read regarding this. Talk, this is, so this is specifically talking about the covetousness that Lucifer had towards God. Here we go. Not content with his position, though honored above the heavenly host, he ventured, this is Lucifer, to covet homage due alone to the Creator. Instead of seeking to make God supreme in the affections and allegiance of all created beings, it was his endeavor to secure their service and loyalty to himself. And coveting the glory with which the infinite Father had invested his Son, this prince of angels aspired to power that uh, aspired to power that was the prerogative of Christ alone. And so the honor and glory and praise that was due to Christ only, Lucifer sees and goes, I want that. Give that to me. That's what I really, really desire. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. And I'm going to read it, Colossians 3, verse 5, while you, uh, while you go there. But Colossians 3, verse 5 says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Can you read Ephesians 5.5? 5, 5? Ephesians 5.5 5 says this. If I can find it. Here we go. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Now... I think the word greedy there is synonymous with covetous person uh, as well, too. And so this idea of covetousness and idolatry, Paul brings these two concepts together. Why do you think that is? Why he because it's the same thing basically covetousness and idolatry. Well, but idolatry is like bowing down because, because to statues. Because when you covet, when you covet, well, in Satan's case, when he was coveting that praise, it's because he was idolizing himself. Okay, but how how can idolatry? Because idolatry, like when I think it's of idolatry, I think of Thailand. Like oh. I go, to, I'm walking around Thailand, and I'm looking around at actual physical all, all the idols, statues. statues. This, this is my thought process. Well, this is what I'm thinking. If you're not worshiping God, then you're idolatry. I, idolizing something else. Okay, so it's That's essentially like you're dedicating your lives to something other than God. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like I'm purposely going to be worshiping Buddha. It's like if you are just by default not worshiping God, you are you are committing idolatry because something else will be in his place, whether it's yourself or a Buddha or a statue or something. So the process here, we ought to be worshiping God, the Creator, right. but idolatry is the worship of something that we ought not to worship. Correct. So how is covetousness... Like idolatry. That's a great question. I, f- I think if you're worshiping yourself, then you're going to be gr- naturally become a greedy person who covets stuff. I think also it, this is a possibility. If idolatry is worshiping something that we ought not to worship, mm. then covetousness is desiring something that we ought not to desire. Oh, yeah, that's a really good way of putting right? it. Right? So, yeah. So we have this concept here. Because so, this is Paul. Paul is saying covetousness and idolatry are synonymous. Mm-hmm. They're one and the same. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a big reason of that is because Paul recognizes that we shouldn't be worshiping wood, stone, rocks, gold, metal that have been fashioned by man's hands. But we should be worshiping the one who created all those things, mm-hmm. the creator. In the same way, when we see another person's life or wife or husband or 
their animals, their fancy cars, their Lamborghinis, their mm. their lifestyle. We really ought not to have. Do you think the desire to follow those? Do you think what you covet ends up becoming your idol? Do you Whoa! Think, yeah, yeah. Like if you're coveting someone else's, let's say, fancy car, does that mean that you've like you're not you're now idolizing that car? Maybe there's also that similarity there. I know for I know for sure there was a time in my life where I honestly I think like relationships with women were an idol for me. Like before before I was even a before I even knew what idolatry was, there was a form of worship that I used to have towards unhealthy relationships like with girlfriends like I I would just be like put my whole heart into those things. And it was I think a big part of that was there is a God-shaped hole in your heart mm-hmm. that only God can fulfill. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's with drugs or alcohol or partying or sex or men or women or whatever it is, those will never fulfill the, the hole that's inside your heart that only God can fulfill. And I know looking back in my life, like the only time my life has ever actually made any sense is when I was actually following God. Mm. Like doing what he says. So mm-hmm. before my life never made any sense. And then I met Jesus. Yeah. I started reading the word of God. And I started in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and, and just realizing I love this dude. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember amen. that. I remember thinking this Jesus dude rocks. That's what that was what my uh twenty year old brain was like, wow, this Jesus dude rocks. Yeah. Like he just goes around healing people and helping people and bringing people back from the dead, you know. And <laughs> Jesus doesn't rock. He is the rock. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and uh, my whole life changed when I started to realize that it is only God. It is only Jesus, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Only through the Lord can covetousness be resolved, mm-hmm. can idolatry be answered, can worship be conducted in a healthy way. And we're vessels. Like we're we're empty vessels that are created to be filled with the spirit. Yeah. And so those anointings that have taken place with the oil that's poured over the head of soon to be kings, this is a symbol of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon these kings. The same thing for us, we have to have the Holy Spirit poured out on us as a people to truly achieve the goals and to truly achieve the greatness that we can become because we're created in the image of God and God calls us to greatness. He calls us for success. But in order to actually have that in our lives, we've got to be fully surrendered to, to Jesus. And if we don't fill that emptiness with with God, we will end up filling it with idols that we've, you know, whatever we see around us will end up becoming it. I just got a very interesting text uh, from Freco. People worship plastic devices they carry everywhere they go in life. They cannot live without their phones. And it's a very, very true thing. If, you, if you're talking about, because worship is about spending quality time as well, too. It's about relationship. And like if you don't want to talk about our, I mean, now we have tracking devices on our phone that track how many hours we use our phone. Mm, and hasn't that been an eye opener for us? Oh, that is, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a, that's a subtle rebuke mm-hmm. that, that, that hammers hard and it hammers home as well, too. Uh, one last text here as well. Blake, don't forget what happened to Australia during the lockdown. It was beyond belief. Most of us could not believe it was actually happening in Australia. We're talking about that religious persecution. Uh, police, police brutality was a real, it was shocking is what it's saying here. And it's true. Like we have to understand that 
in the world, there are going there is going to be uh, persecution. But I think religious persecution that's happening in other in other countries right now is even more eye opening. And then that when that comes, that's going to make a difference uh, in how we're able to worship the Lord. And so, until that time, pray to the Lord, spend time with Him, remember that He loves you, remember that. He has a plan for your life. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are going through the 20 Million Movement Bible Study. But before we keep that rolling, we need another clue. Yes, this will be our final clue for today. Final and clue. going to make it pretty easy because this is um, uh, referencing a very, very famous Bible story. What am I? Lot's wife looked back towards Sodom and was turned into a pillar of this. 0491064669. No, you can all get in this. Today is the day that you're all going to get in with an opportunity to win the prize on Friday's draw because everyone, I'm pretty sure, knows the answer to this. Lot's wife looked back to Sodom and was turned into a pillar of this. Mm. Very, very uh, thought-provoking. That story always makes me sad, Yeah, honestly. And it mm-hmm. has to do with covetousness, actually. Mm, Looking so back true. on what looking back on what she really desired, mm-hmm. what she mm-hmm. really wanted, and then plazammy. Yeah. <laughs> uh gone skis. That mm. was awful actually. Terrible story. And then what pursued was even worse. So yeah. just, and for Paul Lot to have gone through it all. Yeah. So just a small reference. Don't covet and also don't get drunk. So Yeah. Right. Those are two things that are, if you do those two things, <laughs> thinking about that story, your life will yeah, be much better. It's a rough story. It is a rough story. Uh, talking about a rough story, we've been talking about the story of Lucifer and how he actually didn't know where his decisions for covetousness were actually going to lead. But here's a thought process. Covetousness is actually the only uh, the it, it's basically the only commandment that is completely thought only. That's really okay, interesting. So think about this. It has physical workings out, but yeah, thought process. Yeah. So, but the act of coveting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is thought only. Yep. Okay. Nothing else is. Everything else is is thoughts. Well, because this is how this is how things work. It starts as thoughts, but they all have workings out. Exactly. But covetousness is just the thought, right? So thoughts, and follow with me, Mm -hmm. lead to words, lead Mm -hmm. to actions, lead to habits, Mm -hmm. lead to character, lead to destination or destiny. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thoughts, words, actions. Habits, character, destiny. Yeah. This is why the, it's so important to control your thoughts. The way that you think mm-hmm. impacts where you end up. Yeah, amen. And so you've got to change your thinking before you can change your words, your actions, your habits. You want to change a habit, change the way you think. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, want to, you want to improve your character, right? Change the way you think. You want to, you want to be in heaven? Change the way you think. That's like right. it's your thoughts that dictate everything else afterwards. And this is what's so interesting. This covetousness is the only commandment that is specifically thought. 
because it's the very beginning. Do not desire what other people have. Don't allow this insidious sin to break into your uh, the safe house of your mind to mm. rot it out and to ruin your destination. So thoughts, words, actions, habits, character, destiny. It's really important to remember. Can you read 1 Timothy 6 verses 6 to 7? Because this is uh, kind of a, an antidote, if you will, to covetousness. Right, if we read, <coughs> sorry, if we read First Timothy, chapter six, verses six and seven, it's a little bit of a, a remedy, for the curse of covetousness. Yet true godliness with contempt is in itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. I did not know that was in the Bible. Really? I just thought that was something people put on their headstone when they die or something they say. Yeah, we take we take nothing out. Yeah, we, we came you with nothing. Came with nothing. Going with nothing. Leave with nothing. It's yeah, a wow. biblical, it's a it's it's from the it's Bible. True. It's scriptural. And yeah. it is very true. So it helps us also if we can keep that into context. Uh it could help us to kind of squall the tide of covetousness because we realize, hey, we didn't come in the world with anything, and when we leave, we're not going to have anything either. Mm. So, like, don't allow materialism and commodification to control you. Yeah. Now, here's another story that we want to talk about. Uh, Forty years, the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. They're doing their thing. They go through the Jordan River. In fact, it's such a big deal that some of the, the kings in Canaan, they see it and they go, uh, this is Joshua chapter 5, verse 1. Uh, and, and the Bible says here that so it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel went oh, until we had crossed over that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. Yeah, wow. The original heart melters, you know. Mm-hmm. They come across, the kings are just like, wait, if this is the kind of people who can go through on dry ground, then we can't fight them. Like, we can't go against this type of powerful army. But in reality, the they go across, all the kings are scared, but then they go, they march around Jericho, and it looks like the... Israelite army is basically an unstoppable force. You can't even go against them. It's no way. What's going to happen? But then in Joshua 7, they go to attack AI. I believe that's how it would be uh, called there. And then they get totally wrecked and mm. totally destroyed. They just, the, the whole army, the, you know, they have, they suffer losses this little town. So Jericho is like this huge mountainous town. Like no way. It's in, it's impenetrable. They just march around and the whole thing falls on itself and it's destroyed. They're like, we're invincible. And then they go to AI, this little tiny thing, and, and get just absolutely whooped, whooped mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason is because of covetousness. Oh. So Akon, he admits that he coveted the goods, and it was this reason, this this covetousness, is what actually caused Israel to lose soldiers and what to suffer their first loss in their campaign. Mm-hmm. 
So can you read for us Daniel chapter 9, verse 23? Uh, there's a word here when it's talking about coveted. It's chemed. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it's a Hebrew word translated. It's been used in some places in the Bible in a very positive sense. Okay, so covetousness or chemed in a positive sense. Can you read that in Daniel 9, verse 23? The moment you began praying, a command was given, and here I... And now I am here to tell you that what it was, sorry, and now I am here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. So that very precious or greatly beloved is the same kind of root word of coveted, like God desires Mm. to have you. So there's like a a good side of that as well too. But in the case uh, of Achan, that's a very negative case because he is desiring to have something that ought not to be his. So that's the thing. To have the passion to have something, if God wills it for your life, is a beautiful thing. God Mm -hmm. gives us these passions, these desires that are healthy and beautiful and good when they're in line with his will. And it's important to point that out because people do tend to swing out to one extreme. They're like, oh, wanting things is bad. I can't want anything ever. No, that's not the truth at all. Like God wants us to have a good life. He calls us to be the head and not the tail, to, to go forward and to be the leaders of this world. And to uh, be representatives and ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And so just keep that in mind that covetousness is wrong when it is going against the will of God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're coming to the end of the show here, Mon. Uh, I want to have some answers. You want answers, do you? I want answers. I have been reeling with this. I thought it was one thing, then I thought it was another thing. It's and not then... cinnamon, but you were close. It was a, like a spice or a seasoning, I guess you could say. I guess it could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the answer to our question, uh, quiz this morning, what am I, is salt. So it was by a salt covenant that God gave kingship of Israel to David and his descendants forever. And after Abimelech, son of Jerubal, captured Shechem and killed its people, he destroyed the city and sprinkled salt all over it. Um, a poison spring. I wonder why he did that. I think I it's look to kill that. everything. Okay, just to like, kill everything. Which is funny because the next clue was about the poison spring being healed by Elisha when he put salt in it, which you think it's funny because like, it heals it. It's like it did two different things depending on what the Lord designed for it to do. Salt is a is a very powerful substance. Oh, so powerful. It can do so many different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Paul says your, your conversation should be seasoned with salt, which is a metaphor, not a um, literal don't walk around throwing salt in your face every time you speak. Uh, and Lot's wife looked back towards Sodom and was turned into a pillar of salt. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Salt Lot's is wife. essential to have in your diet, but also don't have too much of it. Uh, and definitely don't become a pillar. Don't become a pillar of salt. Which starts with covetousness. we got a few text right. messages here to finish up on. Uh, there is a text here. So D got the answer correct, obviously. Uh, now we know that salt is the answer. George texts in, evidence of the process of sanctification in people who put self aside is people who serve God with all their heart and mind. Every breath our gracious, uh, every breath comes from our gracious, good, good father. Shalom, team. And then he follows that up with, P.S., this can be a long process too often. Praise God for his continuous patience uh, with our covetous nature. Mm. True repentance is key. Amen. A little key with the lockbox there as well, mm-hmm. too. Uh, Maka, you got the answer correct. Ben, okay. You got it uh, correct as well, too. It's uh, 
I gotta say, <sighs> covetousness is so just creepy. Mm. Literally, like it creeps, creeps into in, your yeah. life, but it's yeah. also just like such a weird feeling. Because when you look at something and then you have this desire that you want that thing, you don't even realize it's bad at it's first. Bad. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't like that. But mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, what you do with that thought makes a difference. Yeah. It's like, okay, so the thought intrudes. What do you do? Like, do you just give up and be like, oh, I'm a sinner. Like, oh, I, you know, clearly I'm coveting what other people have. Well, I don't think that's the answer. I, I think finding a way, finding a way to recognize that, yes, these thoughts come in, but the thought of it is not the sin. It's the dwelling upon the thought. Because Jesus is presented with temptation in the wilderness, but he never sinned. Mm. So being tempted to think something, being tempted to feel a certain way towards your neighbor or your neighbor's spouse or uh, your neighbor's uh, material possessions, if you feel that a certain way, the solution is talk to God right away. Yeah. Oh, Lord, I don't want to have this in my life. Like, please remove this feeling. Please help me to not have uh, this covetous desire because I know this is not from you and I know that it won't uh, produce anything good. That prayer is going to help you in the journey of uh, overcoming. To him who overcomes, a new name will be written. Mm-hmm. You know, And so God is calling us to be overcomers of sin. Right? He, he gives us the, the tools, the ability, the presence in his uh, word to say, I don't want you to just be victims. I want you to be uh, soldiers and, yeah. and victors and, and successful in this battle against sin. So I think too often we try to neuter the gospel. You're like, well, Jesus' grace is enough so I can go and just do whatever I want to do now. Like, no, that's not what's happening at all. Like, Jesus gives us the power to follow what he calls. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? And so too often... I think we fall into the trap of like, oh, just do away with the law. Like, no, Jesus came to fulfill the law, to not do away with it, not not to get rid of it, but to say, this is how important it is that I'm, I'm giving my life so that you may have life if you transgress it. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.